The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open today to the book of Psalms, we'll look at Psalm 130 together, but first, a word of prayer. Father, we come now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the privilege of prayer, for the fact that it truly does work. Our hope is not in our prayer, but in the God to whom we pray. Thank you for being a God that hears and answers prayer. Please give liberty. Please give authority for preaching now and make us a blessing to all who hear thy word today. In Jesus' name I pray and for his sake, amen and amen. Psalm 130, verse number 1. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. I want to refer you to commentator John Phillips. In his work on the Psalms, he entitles this a penitential psalm. And I quote, This is the sixth of seven penitential psalms. In this psalm, Hezekiah pours out his heart to God. His confession of sin is both personal and public, that is, he assumes the role of a true mediator, taking on himself the sins of his people and pouring them out before the Lord as though they, too, were his own. 
The world does not know many such individuals. It is a serious thing for the world when no one is concerned enough at national sins to cry to God for the poor, lost lands of earth. The world will never know what it owes to the presence in its midst of a few godly intercessors who pour out their souls before God for the land in which they live. I wonder if anyone is praying for America today. Our land is drunk on sin, reveling in its rebellion against the Lord, making a mockery of His Word, of His Son, and of His holy and righteous principles. And so we wonder, is anyone praying for America? Would to God someone would be on their knees confessing the sins of the nation as though they were their own. And so we find in this psalm the experience of a sinning saint in some of the most difficult times of life, times of trial, of tribulation, of trouble. And in this time, he has fallen into sin by way of temptation and in most deep anguish of soul, he feels that all is lost. Yet the cry of God's children moves the Lord to action. We can, according to this psalm, experience forgiveness in verse 4, and hope in verse 5, and salvation from the Lord in verse 6. The psalmist is praying, verses 1 through 4. He is proclaiming verses 5 and 6, and finally, he is pointing others unto the Lord. In this penitential psalm, we see first of all the depths of darkness, verses 1, 2, and 3. And then we find the heights of hope in verses 4 through 8. The first section, his mind is on his situation and on his sin. In the second section, verses 4 through 8, having ascended from the depths up to the heights of hope, his mind is now upon the Lord. So let's look first and dive down into these depths of darkness. The term darkness is used here because of verse 6, where he mentions they that watch for the morning. These are those who were awake and aware, alone and alert in the dark of the night. They're wishing for the day. They're wishing for the light. They're wishing for the morning. These dark times that the watchman faces speak of dark days that every man must face. So there's the darkness of distress in verses 1 and 2. Out of the depths have I cried. He's crying out from his heart. He is experiencing anguish of mind and body more of soul and mind than of body, no doubt. And he cries out of the depths, O Lord, unto thee. It's a desperate cry. There is a fearfulness within the heart. But there is also a fullness of faith within the heart. He cries out from his heart in order to be heard, and the Lord will not despise a broken and a contrite heart, this heart, this cry will gain 
the attention of God. He cries out from his heart. He cries out in verse 2 to be heard. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Oh, for someone to get under a burden and long for the goodness of God to be shed across the land of America again, and that someone would say, Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. And he's crying out to be helped. He needed the help of God. But this darkness of distress gives way to the darkness of despair. And of course, despair is to be without hope. It's a loss of hope in the mercy of God. And this psalmist, he is desperate. And so it should be that our sins and the sins of our nation would move us to a desperate place where we truly find that there is hope in God's mercy. There's a multitude of tender mercies and the record of our sins is, yes, real. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? We need God to not mark our iniquities, but take them all away. But there is forgiveness with thee, he says in verse 4. There is forgiveness with thee. This dark, distressful, desperate situation down in the depths gives way. We've hit the very bottom. We've been left completely ruined and destroyed by sin. Nowhere to hide, nowhere to run, nowhere to stand. But, he says, there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. The Lord can intervene when there's a penitential prayer and take that soul from the depths of darkness to the heights of hope. And we can find both personal and national hope in the Lord. There are three factors to provide this hope to the child of God. Personal hope. Forgiveness, verse 4. The Word of God, verse 5, and then faith in God, verse number 6. There is freedom in forgiveness, verse 4, but there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. There is freedom from shame and sorrow and suffering, from the burden and bondage and blindness of sin. These are the effects of sin, burdens, bondage, blindness, the fruit of sin, shame, sorrow, suffering, but then the end of sin, and there's freedom from guilt and from grief and from the grave that sin brings, for sin will put you, friend, into an early grave, and it will end in eternal death if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, but he'll take away the sting of death, and he'll give you the victory over death, hell, and the grave, and over sin, so there is freedom in forgiveness but there's a foundation in his word. Verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. If a man wants hope, he'll find it in the word of God. For the word of the Lord is forever settled in heaven. It's the foundation of the Christian's faith. It's forever settled in the heavens. It's unshakable, immovable, and unchangeable. Sure, steadfast, and secure. It's a true book. It's a timeless book. It's a treasured book, powerful, pure, and perfect. It's a comforting book, a correcting book, a convincing book. It's been threatened, 
It's been tried. It's been trampled upon. But it's triumphant and here to this very moment. It is God's eternal and effectual word. No wonder the psalmist said, I'll wait on the Lord. My soul will wait upon him. In his word do I hope. So his word gives me the heart that I need to be able to wait. But his word gives me the hope that I need while I am waiting. The heights of hope, freedom of forgiveness, and personal hope. A foundation in his word for my personal hope. But then there is faith in the Lord. Verse 6, my soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. We're not just waiting on anyone. We're waiting on the Lord. He is the great person of our faith. Our faith is in the Lord God Jehovah. Our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the true and living God of both Old and New Testaments, one God, one Lord, even the God of this Bible. But then a great passion in this faith. He is waiting more than they that watch for the morning. They are alert, but he the more. They are focused, but he the more. They are vigilant, but he the more. They are expectant, but he the more. They are ready, but he the more. The psalmist is longing and waiting with great fervency for the Lord. And of course, this gives us also a national hope. There's hope for the nation, verse 7, and redemption for Israel in verse 8. God may not redeem and rescue America, but thank God he will be faithful to the remnant of believers within our land. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.